Welcome to the Focus and Chill podcast, where we discuss sustainable productivity and habit formation while avoiding the allure of hustle culture. Every episode, we interview guests who have got a solid habit and productivity game. We're your hosts, Joey. Hi. And Jeremy. He's Jeremy. Joey's a published author. I'm self-published, though. Has a background in psychology. Not registered, though. Has a deep interest in humans. Only some of humans. And a strong interest in habits and connections specifically. Mm, that's true. And Jeremy is a software developer with ADHD. And when he's not trying to come up with ways to stop himself burning rice, he enjoys doing a three-hour morning routine and surprising colleagues by doing sets of push-ups during meetings to keep the energy high. The Focus and Chill podcast is brought to you by Focus Bear, a habit and productivity app that makes healthy habits and deep work the path of least resistance. If you have a tendency to check emails or scroll through Instagram first thing in the morning, but long to develop a meditation and exercise habit first thing, Focus Bear can help you. The app blocks distractions on all your devices and guides you through your habits one at a time. Throughout the day, Focus Bear assists you to stay in deep work by blocking websites and apps that are unrelated to your chosen focus mode. Life's not all about work though. You'll be prompted to take regular breaks to rest your eyes and stretch your muscles. At the end of the day, Focus Bear helps you switch off. Work-related apps get hidden so you can unwind and sleep well. Check out the app by going to focusbear.io. We're very happy to have an international guest for our third podcast. We've got with us today... Vaughan, who's going to be telling us about many things. He's the co-founder of Results Driven Leadership. He's a leadership development expert, podcaster, and author. His methods are brought from his real-world experience working on the front lines and living the role of being a high-impact leader and manager. His coaching and training programs offer no theory, just common sense, advice, and direction. He's a former executive with CarMax, the world's largest and most respected company in the audio auto industry, and is the Fortune 100 best place to work. Vaughn's mission is to improve the impact of executives and other managers by increasing their knowledge, skills, and abilities. Welcome to the show, Vaughn. Boy, it is good to be here, and I feel like I'm halfway around the world right now. <laughs> you almost are. Yeah, <laughs> literally, yes. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to ask you some questions to understand more about how you, you've run your practice and the, the productivity tips and habit tips you have. Joy, do you want to ask away with our first question? Yeah, sure. Thanks, thanks for coming on, Vaughn. Um, so fine. what does your morning routine look like and how has it evolved over time? You know, I am a routine-driven individual, so this was the easiest question you could possibly ask me. So my morning routine, I'm up by 4, 4.30, coffee, water, dogs go for a walk for an hour. And I really, I, I literally use that as my quiet time. I could be listening to music or I could be listening to podcasts, um, but I really use that for, for me easing myself into the day because my days are stressful and busy. And so those dogs get a, a, a hour walk in the morning. I come back and then I spend the next 30 to 45 minutes reading. I, I'll, I'll read a little news, but God, that's scary sometimes. And, but I do, I do, I've got several resources that I go into. Flipboard magazine is, is one of those that I go into. And it's, you know, it's, it's algorithm has figured out the things I love to consume. 
And whether it's food or leadership or management or business, I, can, I, I tend to use that as learning time first thing every morning. So I'm, you know, I, I'm coming in as a student every day to life. And uh, by seven o'clock, boom, I'm at work. Yeah, that sounds like a really good setup to your work day. You take care of yourself before you take care of your work. And uh, that's definitely a philosophy that I follow up, that I follow as well. Ah, cool. Yeah, and you got to do it. If you if you sleep too late, you're 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 rushing through the day. You never are going to be as good as you possibly could be, unless you've had that that ramp up time in the morning. Mm. Yeah, so much. I like the idea of um, I like to call it being in front of the eight ball in the in the morning. So like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the way of saying it. Yeah, absolutely. So is that? You've got the one hour long walk, you have some coffee, do you eat your breakfast in between the reading time and when you start work? You know, I typically skip breakfast. Um, yep. I don't, uh, I typically don't eat until 10, 11, sometimes as late as noon. Um, I tend to have a little more energy when I treat my, my body that way. I, I learned that a long time ago. I, I tend to get really sleepy and drug down a little bit if I eat and, why do that? Yeah. So is that and I, and, and I've got enough fat on me, Jeremy? Honestly, I could I could miss probably thirty days worth of complete meals, <laughs> and I'd still be able to survive. Hopefully, that's not an experiment you put yourself through. No, <laughs> no, I I don't mind a little sacrifice, but man, that's taking it too far. Yeah. <laughs> is that an hour and a half that you're spending? reading various publications on business and leadership and, and food. It's yeah. A, a decent it's, chunk of time. And I, and, and even from a time saving standpoint, using Flipboard, I don't have to look for anything. It's just, it's just giving it to me. Yeah. Great. Joey and I both enjoy using the pocket app, which is a bit similar where we have content yeah. that we like reading. And then sometimes it's hard to decide there's too much to read in one day, so it's helpful to be able to save it for later. Sometimes it's hard to pull yourself away, absolutely. Mm. And sometimes, in my case, it's difficult to get even to the bottom of my pocket list as well. <laughs> save so many things. <laughs> it yeah, takes yeah, a lot of time. One more, one more, one more. So much, so much. <laughs> yeah. Always more to learn. So, yeah, th this might... Um, be a little bit off the track but in terms of the not eating breakfast you're saying that it's you you feel better when you when you don't when you don't have um breakfast in the morning is it is that like an intentional intermittent fasting type um approach but it's it's it is really a way that i started yes to answer your question joy it was it was something i started to to maintain weight lose a little weight. And, and frankly, I didn't lose a whole lot of weight on it um, for maybe reasons outside of just fasting, but, uh, but I felt better. And so it was kind of an unintentional uh, uh, benefit uh, fasting. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to lose a certain amount of pounds and, and found out that, you know, there was a little bit of that, but there was really a, a better mood from all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I follow a similar, a similar thing, but, um, just on, on two days, like two days a week, the, the week, the days that I, um, don't exercise, I, I skip breakfast and yeah, like the first bite of food you get after that is, it's, uh, 
very pleasurable. Well, it's really good, but I've also found, I don't know about you, Joey, after you've done this, uh, I did it for a while, is I fill up so much faster when I do eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I just do not have the appetite once I, it, it tastes great, absolutely. And especially, I've done a, a few 24-hour fasts and 36-hour fasts just as a challenge. And you really cannot eat much food after 24 hours. And I, I fill up in a second. You know, have, you're nodding your head, Jeremy. Do you see that too? Yeah, I've, I've started doing intermittent fasting about three weeks ago, and I find that too, that it, it has the mental clarity benefits and the mood benefits that you talked about. The 24-hour fast, I haven't really tried that, but I've, the work your way up I've to it. done it once, and I think I was very irritable. <laughs> you must be better at managing how you feel during that time. You know, I, I, and I find too, I don't know about you too, it's uh, once I get past like eight, I'm hungry, but once I get past a certain point, the hunger kind of dissipates and the mood thing kind of dissipates and goes away entirely to where I just, I don't even think about it. I have to remind myself about uh, to go eat, mm. Yeah, but I'm pretty good about reminding myself. I can tell you that. Uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, don't want to don't want to um, get your blood sugar too low. But yeah, I, mm. I definitely feel that as well. One, there's a point at which, like, it's almost habitual where you you go and reach out for the food, but you don't you're not actually hungry necessarily. You're just trying to maybe avoid something or just distract yourself. And when you knuckle down and and actually make a start on that thing, yeah, like you're in the zone and hunger is like the, one of the last things you're thinking about. So yeah, definitely agree with that. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, you save money on food, you, you feel better. And you said, I think the key word to that, Joy, is it's uh, you, you, we eat by habit as much as anything else. You're changing your habit and you find that you don't have to have that food. Definitely. Now, talking about being in the zone, tell us about at 7 a.m. you get to work. What type of work are you doing these days? Is it similar to what you were doing when you were at Automax? Is it leadership development? Things well, like I, that? I, I, that's where I really, uh, I, I really honed in on productivity and being able to get every minute out of every day I possibly could. And I, I can tell you, I ran a two billion dollar business with three thousand employees, and it was a, I mean, there was a lot going on. I had plenty to do, but I, I, that's when I learned time management. And the and the the most beautiful part, and I think the essence and the one thing in order to really dial in your managing your time instead of your time managing you is be able to time block. And I, I really feel that at this point, running my own business after I retired from CarMax in 2014, started this business. This was a passion business for me that's Worked out really nicely. I don't ever see myself retiring, retiring. I retired from the corporate world, but I'm never going to not work. I love business. It's, it's, it's what I love. It's, it's what I, it's my hobby, frankly. Uh, I love talking about business. I love talking about people. I love talking about leadership. I can do it for hours and cars. I can talk about cars a lot too, but time blocking. So I literally, Jeremy, I schedule Everything I do all day long. My calendar tells me what I've got to do, when I've got to do it, how long I've got to do it. Because I, you know, I've got 
appointments and and between coachings, training sessions, business development calls. I've got my entire day booked hour by hour by hour by hour. I learned I even had to schedule lunch because one of the other tools that came into my life a few years back is Calendly, an online calendar. Um, and people can schedule appointments with me. I know you guys use something similar to that. And it just makes life so much easier. And it saves you a ton of time because you don't have this whole back and forth rodeo of when you're going to be available, what day, what time? Well, I'm not available. How about this time? And all this wasted energy you have to put into finding a, an, an hour or a half hour that somebody's going to be available to talk. Here, just pick a time off my calendar and you got to be careful because you really will get yourself booked out. But if I don't do that, I, I don't think I maximize my time and I get a lot more done. You know, at 7 a.m., the first thing I do is social media. I spend 30 minutes doing my posting uh, and I primarily post on LinkedIn, but I use Hootsuite, which is a great app. And, and that puts it on my Facebook page. It puts it on my LinkedIn page. And sometimes I'm really great on the weekends. I'll book it all out in a week, but I typically don't think that far ahead, <laughs> frankly. You know, and so when I get up in that, my, that morning routine we spoke of earlier, very often will give me the prompt to post something. Oh, I ought to post yeah, right. a podcast off my show. I ought to post this blog or, you know, I'll share that article because I think it's, it's pertinent to what's happening in my life with my clients at the time. So, so I spend a, the first half hour because if I don't schedule that, I'll just get sucked up into the wave of the day and it won't get done. So it, it's the first thing on my schedule is social media. And then I start booking my appointments right after that. And I, and I even, uh, I schedule my admin time. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's certain days for a few hours in the afternoons that I just block that off. Nobody can schedule anything. And I'm pretty good unless it's some kind of emergency and I really have to move something around. Um, I, I protect that time. I worship that time because if I don't do it, then that's where time management comes in, in my opinion, is that's where I have to work extra hours or I have to work on the weekend. You know, it's me controlling that calendar with time blocking. It's been the, one of the greatest tools I've ever learned and used and I also teach a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to carve out time for the admin work, but also I imagine deep work where you don't want interruptions. Do you schedule when you have your coaching calls? Is that, that's your priority? So you do that in the morning when you've got the most energy and then the admin tasks are in the afternoon when you might have an energy dip. Is that part of it as well? Energy management as well as time management? That's my preference. Now I do yeah. have some clients that aren't available in the morning. So I have a handful the their afternoons, but out of, gosh, I don't know, the 50-something appointments I have during the course of the week or dur- during the course of the month, um, I will, and some of them are an hour and some of them are two hours. It just depends on the client, what we're doing together. But, and then I do some in-person things here in, in, in my hometown. 
Uh, I'll drive to offices and, and do training sessions or coaching sessions. But I even I even schedule the time to get to that office uh, onto my calendar because I you know I don't want somebody scheduling something off my calendar that uh, I'm going to get that's going to screw the drive time up. Right? You got to think yeah. about all these things. But um, so yeah, so it's fortunately most of my clients are morning people. I try to get that done because to your point, Jeremy, that's the energy time. That's when I can, I, I feel like I'm going to be sharper. I can bring it a whole lot better to them. And, but you know, I'm also pretty flexible, but nothing after three, nothing after three o'clock. Cause let's, you know, I did start at four thirty. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for being available later than yeah. three. For it. Have I got that right? Is it, are you in East coast time or West coast I'm time? I'm Pacific. I'm in California. Oh, okay. But, so we've uh, got you at 3 PM now. <laughs> yeah. And, and I treat myself, I do own my own business. My last appointment, I've got a standing appointment with a very long-term client at between two and three every Friday. Uh, he's a every, every week guy with me, coaching client. At, but at three o'clock I'm done. I block the rest of the day. I do not work past three o'clock. And if, if Charlie didn't want me to work till three o'clock, I'd make it one o'clock. I'd take after, you know, Friday afternoons off, but yeah, Charlie's special. So we, we got to deal with him. It's, it's good to have special clients as well. Yeah. That's um, Charlie's, yeah. Charlie's one of my favorite. Well, they're all kind of my favorites. It's like talking about your children, but they're, Charlie's just a great guy. Yeah. You're going to say it's, it's like talking about your children, but like I always thought parents, except that they always have favorite kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know my parents do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was an only child, so, you know. So you were definitely the favorite. Out, yeah, it worked out fine for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess um, it was really good that you were talking about scheduling like a, a hard cutoff time because when, when you were talking about you, you had a very packed work day and you, you have a very strong work ethic by the, by the sounds of it and you love what you do. So it, I guess it can be tempting to never switch off. So I think it's great that you have scheduled a switch off time. I'm, um, I'm quite curious to understand what, what activities you use to recharge your batteries. You were talking about walking your dogs, which, um, is, is, must be really fun. But yeah, can you tell us a bit more about your recharge activities? Well, I don't have, I used to play golf and never got very good at it. And then, you know, for various reasons, I decided to, after 20 years of playing golf, to, to lay down the clubs, but uh, my, my, I are my, you know, I'm married and my wife and I, we're foodies. We love to eat. And, and so I, our, our recharge time is either around cooking, uh, you know, preparing a nice meal for each other. Uh, we kind of split those duties. I'm a, I'm a pretty good cook. I was a bachelor for a long time, so that helped, but, but it's finding restaurants and going to cool places to eat. And we happen to live in a beautiful place with lots of opportunities to go find great food. So uh, we try to find a variety of that and be able to share our experiences with, with the people we, we know and love. Yeah, food's a great way to recharge, isn't it? But That's I do awesome. have a secret. I do have kind of a secret obsession that I'll share with you. That Nobody's going to listen to this, right? I'm just kidding. Know, just, Charlie. Just, we'll, we'll send it to just, Charlie. Just the three of us and our, and our um, four fans, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So nobody's really going to hear this, but there is. I've I've had this secret desire. Don't judge me on this, anybody. To be a police officer from 
the time I was a very small child. I had this fascination with being a cop. And I had an uncle who was a highway patrolman. I just thought Uncle Morris was the coolest dude ever. You know, his uniform, his gun, his radio. I just thought Morris was the coolest. And um, I fell in love with the cops TV show that's been on for 34 seasons, right? I've, I have not missed a single one, but I've got a new secret obsession, which is On Patrol Live. It's three hours of live in, uh, they follow like six police departments around with live cameras, Friday night for three hours, Saturday night for three hours. And let me tell you, that, and, and thank God my wife is understanding. She will sometimes sit with me, but not always. But I will, that is just the best entertainment to me to watch cops do their work. And believe me, now that, you know, I'm way past ever becoming one, but I have such an appreciation for law enforcement and what they have to go through. And until you've watched some of that, you have no appreciation for the difficulty of that job. It's it's good to have like a TV show that you look forward to, especially one that links to like childhood aspirations and stuff. It can yeah. take you back to like a real sense of playfulness. Yeah, you know, I, I was never into Star Trek or comics book comic books much. I, you know, kind of my my fantasy was always being a cop, and uh, so I, it lives on. Yep, <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. You'll be ready to do a citizen's arrest. You'll have learned <laughs> everything there is from that show. Well, and, I, and I, you know, we talk about, you know, guns are very legal here in the States. And my wife and I both love to shoot. And we've got this, this beautiful um, social club that is, it's called Hot Rods and Handguns. And uh, it is one of the most beautiful social clubs you've ever seen. But it, it's as as the name implies, it's it's around guns. And the and the founder of this social club has a a huge hot rod collection, three restaurants, three bars, and two beautiful shooting ranges. And believe me, that the they don't let you go on the range if you've imbibed in any alcohol. So nobody freak out about that. But from a relaxation, if we either one of us had a really tough week, we'll go down to the gun range, fire off, we'll 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 send a, a box down down range, and that is just woof. You feel so relaxed after that. Yeah, I wonder if that's related to the way that your your visual system would have to focus on the target as well. That I've heard that that kind of concentration it probably lets go of everything else. Well, and it's and I I think it is Jeremy, and I also think that it's also what I'm really enjoyed outside of the social aspects of playing golf. It's the concentration of what what I've got to do to to advance something, right? And 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 with like anything, you've got to to get good at anything. You got to practice. Uh, you're not going to learn to do anything well by reading. You've got to go out and apply it. And that's certainly a big part of what I, I preach to, to my clients is we, we can talk about this stuff all day long. You got to go put it into action. That's the only way you're going to get any better at it. And, um, and so I, you know, I've, I've always, I started shooting guns at a young age, was always a pretty good marksman, but, um, I, I, there's a sense of accomplishment from blowing out the middle of that that 
that target that you're firing at, right? Big, big, there's no red left in the middle is, is a huge goal, but it is, it's total concentration because, Hey, you've got a very dangerous uh, piece of, 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 of equipment in your hand, right? Uh, but it's also, there's a, there, there, there's a technique and an art and a level of concentration that removes the rest of the world from you to do this right. So it, it does help you check your brain out and get really focused on something. Yeah, that I've done a little bit of biathlon training where you do cross country skiing and shooting with the 22. And I've found that I haven't done it that much, but I have found that it really does get me centered doing that. Keen to hear a bit more about when you're giving your clients coaching, what kind of advice do you give around maximizing productivity? You've spoken about for yourself that it's the calendar booking, making sure that your, your calendar relates to the type of work that you want to do and optimizing your energy levels as well. What other tips would you give our audience? Well, there's, there's, uh, that's a really good question. And the first thing that, 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 I think everybody has to work on, especially if you're overwhelmed, you're stressed out, you just, you feel like there's not enough hours in the day is you've got to stop. Sometimes you got to slow down the speed up, right? And, and you got to stop and you've got to capture things in writing. You've got to write things down. Uh, what it, writing your goals down is essential, but what you've got to get done, your, the stuff you've got to get done has got to be written down. And then the next part of that is then I've got to prioritize it. And I think when everything is a priority, and, and, and I think that's where people get out of control with, with stress and being overwhelmed is, is everything's a priority. Whatever is in front of them becomes a priority. And the, the, I'll share an, another uh, exercise or trick that I use, but it's write things down, prioritize them, literally first priority, second priority, third priority. And it's amazing as I can get people to practice that, how they say it's, it's, it just drains the stress out of their brains. They all of a sudden feel like they're in control of things again. And it's such a simple analog approach to doing something. And certainly there's apps that can help you do that too. But I have found that most people just, there's something about that, those thoughts and all those things in your head traveling out of your brain, down through your shoulder, through your arm, into your hand and into a pen, onto a piece of paper is, is amazingly effective at reducing stress. But back to the yep, priority absolutely. thing. There you go. Well, you know, I, and I've got boxes full of things. I, I take notes on everything, but I've, I work off a to-do list. And that to-do list is always on the top of my desk. And, but I mean, it's the first, it's always just to my right, uh, no matter where I'm at, whether I'm in a client's office or sitting here working on, on a Zoom call or from, uh, from my office. But that to-do list is always is always present. But the the second is a lot of people struggle with establishing their priorities. And that's where, and you guys have probably heard of this is the Eisenhower box or the Eisenhower quadrant. And if you, if you really practice taking all those things on your to-do list and are they urgent and important or are they important and not urgent are they not important but urgent? Are they not important and not urgent, right? And then just applying what you've got on your to-do list to the Eisenhower box, it helps you understand from a mental standpoint 
everything has doesn't have to be done today. Is what I'm doing today really the most important thing? Or can somebody else here do it? Delegation is a huge part of being effective with your time. And, but delegation is more that I just can't give it to somebody. I have to go through the work and the, and, and the effort to make sure I've got somebody that's identified and trained that can handle that work that I can trust to do it. But what keeps a lot of people from delegating is they're not going to do it as fast as me or they're not going to do it as well or they don't do it like me. And you got to get past that because it took you years to do it as well as you do. They're not going to learn it in a day. They're not going to learn it in an hour. You got to give them the practice time that you've been able to create for yourself through however many years you've been doing that duty of that responsibility. So I've got to look around and say, am I the only person can do this? Am I the best person to do this? Because very often, like, yeah, don't ask me to, to do finances. You know, I, you know, P&Ls, I can read them. I've read, you know, I, I've been responsible for P&Ls for years and years and years. But to sit and do the budgeting and the finance and, you know, the detail of all that, that ain't my bag. That's why God made accountants and smart people. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm going to find somebody that can do that way better than me, is going to enjoy it better than I ever will, and is probably going to get it right faster than I will ever do it. And there's so many things that people get under their plate of things to do their workload because they've just never found somebody else to do it or consider giving it to somebody else. And they suck at it and they hate doing it. That creates more stress for them. It takes them for hours and hours and hours to do something. It might take somebody else 15 or 30 minutes because they are built to do that. There's certain things in, in our work lives, our family lives for that matter, but in our work lives that we're just going to be better at. Find your strengths, do those things. And then the things you're not very good at or you don't enjoy doing, find somebody to delegate it to. And there's some solopreneurs going to listen to this and say, well, I don't have anybody. Well, yes, you do. Hire a VA, right? They're very inexpensive. And believe me, that time that you get back, I call it your platinum activities. Those are the things that are going to bring the most value to either your role or your business. Identify those because that's what's going to ring the bell and ring the register and make your career grow. Get really good at those things. The things you aren't good at, find somebody else to do it. You'll still get credit for it. Right. Even if you're in the corporate world, they're going to appreciate that the job gets done. They don't care who does it. Just that it gets done. Find somebody can do it better than you so that you can work on the big stuff and get and 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 drive your business in the in the longer term vision. Be working on the long game, not the today game. And yes, yeah. if the building's on fire, we've got to evacuate. And you know, if the boss is calling, we've got to take care of that. But that can't be the dominance of your day. Yeah, probably problematic if the Eisenhower matrix has everything in quadrant one, which is not important. <laughs> so many people. Yes. Mm. And that it can be very tempting to say that everything's in quadrant one as well, isn't it? To basically say like, I've got so many things on my, on my list today that's important. So many things that, 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 that are urgent because I'm just so, like, I'm such an important person. But, um, yeah, it's, I think it's, you got to, I guess, put your ego into check and realize the world's going to keep turning, even if like 
three things on your to-do list don't get done. Well, and, and you know, some of the world's worst at, at what you just described, Joy, are salespeople, right? Because yeah, they don't yeah. want to miss an opportunity. And God bless them. I don't want them to miss an opportunity. But it doesn't necessarily have I, – I teach them time blocking. Come in, do your prospecting first thing. But turn your phone off. Don't look at email. Do not start your day with email because that's going to get you sucked in. Oh, it'll just take me a minute. It'll just take me a couple minutes. Here, I'm doing a whole time management class on your podcast, but it, you get, you get sucked into this. And before you know it, those things that you, those prospecting duties, which no sales professional likes to do, but it's something they know they've got to do in order to make the income and hit their goals, et cetera. But you got to come in first thing and do that. And it, 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 don't let anything else get in that way. And that's where the time blocking comes in. Do that first thing. Get out of the way. Stuff that sucks, do that first. Because your natural tendency is to kick the can down the road and put it off and put it off. And at the end of the day comes around, whoops, I missed another day. Mm. Does that mean social media sucks for you? Is that why you have it first thing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a necessary yeah. evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of time blocking, we also time block the podcast. We're going to move on to the next question. Joey's got one for you. You're mentioning watching cops and was it the other one? Highway highway chases? Was it, um, it? Well, yeah, I love that on YouTube too. Uh, yeah, yeah. On Patrol Live. That's the best On show. On Patrol Live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It sounds pretty exciting. I'm also quite curious about, like, what what is, what is the, the path from – I imagine you've got some kind of wind-down routines that you do before you go to bed as well. Uh, like, are there more, I guess – I'd put watching TV in, in, like, I guess a passive, passive wind-down bucket. But, like, for example, I got – some active wind down things that I do, for example, like my yoga, my journaling, my meditation. Do you have any things like that that you like to do before going to bed? Yeah. So the, I, I almost end the day, the way I start the day is the, the dogs go for their walk. We get about a 30 minute walk at, at night. That's the quiet time. I'm, I'm, I'm not being stimulated by anything other than picking up some dog poop. And then I read, I, I read a novel. I don't read anything that's too heavy. I'll read just a, a good novel, a mystery, something like that. And that takes me about 15 minutes. My brain shuts down and I'm gone. So I, I, I very rarely read books anymore. I'm one of those spoiled kids that uh, listens to audiobooks. And um, so I used to find it really difficult to sleep on planes until I learned to listen, just put an audiobook on, on a fairly slow speed like maybe a half speed or something and, wow. um, and just, and just like let it play. And yeah, like I, and just close my eyes and basically say like, it doesn't matter if I fall asleep or not. I'm listening to something. My brain is getting fed. If I, if I fall asleep, I fall asleep. If not, then my brain's getting nourished. So yeah, that's, I think reading or like books, stories, it's a really great way to wind down. I think. Yeah. Agreed. I agree, but I've never gotten into the audiobooks. My wife loves the audiobooks. I it, it, there's something missing for me, but that's you know that's all just personal choice. Mm. Yeah, I can I can totally see I can totally see the appeal to f for physical books as well. Definitely. Yeah. 
do, do you have to be quite selective about the novels that you read? Because I'd probably find, uh, say, a mystery novel, it would be hard for me to get to sleep because I'm wondering what's going to happen next. <laughs> Why was this better? It is like very a- rare. I, I, it's something certainly to be uh, weary of, wary of. But um, no, usually, even as stimulating as some of those novels are, you know, the, you know, the heroes chasing the villain or whatever, that, that still, that my brain is shutting down, that releases me and I'm out. Cool. And then if that fails, then you pull out an accounting textbook. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Pull out quantum you know, physics, you know, and I'm, I'm good to, I'm good to be asleep in about 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So the, the next question we have is about resources, which might be books, philosophies, apps that you find helpful for productivity and habit formation. You've spoken about the Eisenhower matrix, and I imagine is it seven habits of highly effective people? Maybe it comes out of that. Other, what other books? I know you've got your own podcast as well. So that, that will definitely be a resource that we'll include. What else would you recommend? Well, I, there's there's two books that I strongly recommend, depending on where you are in your career. If you're a business owner and you do not have an executive coach, uh, someone that's helping guide you in growing and, and properly scaling your business, read the book Traction. Um, it is it's an amazing book, and certainly it's it's part of a big coaching business from EOS, but it is, it's, it's just so straightforward and easy to follow. And I think is one of the best blueprints to properly structuring, structuring a successful business. And I've read a bunch of them. Uh, but I, I think traction is really essential to anybody that's running a business. The second one, if you're a manager, if you're managing a team, and this includes business owners, but if you're a manager and executive, um, the Game of Work, which is a book that's been around since the 80s, I find in so many of the businesses that I initially start with that they have a real difficult time coming up with goals, KPIs, measurables. Uh, and The Game of Work really describes and helps you understand as a manager, as a leader within an organization, that the the deep value that's created, the motivation that's created, the productivity upticks that you'll achieve, if you just put a number to something and start tracking it, set goals, the more visual you can make it and like having a a dashboard up that everybody has their eyeballs on or it could just be a a whiteboard that you're, you're writing results on three times a day or just yesterday's results or setting goals up there, recognizing somebody. You just need that visual stimulus. But people so often when you... Gallup has reported this a thousand times because it's the same thing year after year. The number one thing that engages employees at work is their employer's ability to let them know what's expected of them. Number one thing to engagement. And it's, it's, but it's missing in so many cultures. They believe it's in place. But they, the game of work takes it to the level that humans, the psychology of gamifying work, it's, and it's simple. It can be at almost no cost. 
And it is a game changer. I have seen it turn around so many teams, managers for that fact, because all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's all I have to do. And people actually do a better job for me. They'll, they'll have a little fun doing it. Yeah. Just make it into a game. Oh, I can do that. And whether it's, you know, collecting accounts receivable or packing boxes or, or, or selling or whatever it is, put a number to it. Set that goal, track that number, give them plenty of access to the outcomes as regularly as you can. The Game of Work, I think, is an essential book for anybody managing the team. Yeah, great. It reminds me a bit of there's another book with a similar title, The Great Game of Business, where it, yes. it also has a similar kind of philosophy. I'll have to read The Great Game of Work, though. Yep. Very, very, and listen, it's, I think Game of Work came out in 1984. I don't know which one predated who, but, um, whichever one you read, read it because it is really important. Yeah, for sure. It, it sounds like the great game of business actually predated Jeremy. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> oh, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't Sorry mind reading that. some history books. <laughs> great pleasure having you on thanks for your generous advice and your your time Um, before we wrap up do you have any parting words or asks for our audience well i'd love for everybody to come and visit my rep website rdltraining.com that's romeo delta lima training.com with my southern accent rdl training check out all of our services um, I'm, I'm doing a, I'm going through a redesign of my website. That's a big project I'm working on right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm elbows deep in getting that done. Uh, and also I, my podcast, the business mechanic is becoming more and more popular. I, it, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing those downloads and getting the, the responses I'm getting from so many people across the world from some of the value they're getting from the things I, I, that I share, the ideas, the, the tips, the tricks, the hacks, the, the, the steps to just being a more effective leader and manager. And it's that, you know, listen, most people get promoted into management because they were a really good employee. They did. They tactically knew more than anybody else. They showed up for work on time. They were pleasant. The boss liked them. They got made a manager, but they were never trained on how to hold a meeting, how to interview somebody, how to how how to create an action plan, time management. So they're thrown into this trial and error approach of figuring it out. And some people figure it out, but about 50% of managers fail in their first three years. And that doesn't have to be, you know, go get some training, find a podcast. You know, certainly I'd, I'd love for you to uh, take advantage of some of my online courses through RDL training, but, but listen to my podcast. You'll get a lot from that as well. So, and please, anybody that um, wants to reach out with some, some comments, I'd love to hear from them as well. Awesome. I'll have to check it out because I definitely feel like that myself as a relatively new manager. (laughs) Have a listen. Get yourself off on the right foot. And listen, if you've started and it's not working for you, it's never too late. Go get yourself trained. Thanks a lot for sharing those resources. (laughs) Thank you both very much for having me on today. Thanks, Juan. Thanks, Juan. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Focus and Chill podcast. To listen to other episodes, jump onto podcast.focusbear.io. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a good fit, email us at team at focusbear.io. Otherwise, stay focused, stay chilled, and peace out.